Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Tom Moran here from Tom's Big Spiders. So this episode, we're going to do something that I've thought about doing for quite some time, but couldn't figure out how to approach it. We're going to be talking about some of the slowest growing species of tarantulas. Now, there's been a couple reasons why I haven't covered this over the course of the years. Uh, number one, I hate doing any type of podcast or video or article that could portray certain species in a negative light. I think when you talk about growth rate, a lot of folks, especially those getting just getting into the hobby, they're just finding their way into keeping slings. They hear that a certain sling is going to be a sling for a good many years, and it turns them off to that species. And unfortunately, I've been there where there's been certain species of spiders I was going to pick up, and I'm like, man, it's going to take so long to grow them up. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of impatient, and I don't pick them up. And then years down the line, when I start seeing that other people pick them up and they're showing adult colors, I kick myself in the butt for it. So for example, H. chilensis a while back was available. A bunch of people had slings. It was before the prices went through the roof. And I was eyeing a couple. I had them in my cart, and I don't know. I was I ended up buying something else. It was a faster growing sling, just because I was like, all right, I have an H. Chalensis female. I don't need new ones right now. I'll pick some up later. And boy, am I kicking myself for that because that was oh probably six, seven years ago. And by now, I would have had little juveniles or young adult, actually probably little slings, honestly. But I would have had some slings that were at least starting to grow up. So I do think, unfortunately, that is a negative type descriptor for many people when you hear that they are slow growing. And I, but I do think, on the other hand, people need to be aware of the fact that if they're picking up these species of slings, that they've got a long road ahead of them before they start showing their adult colors. And I get why, I honestly do get why it, people sometimes avoid these, because when you first get into the hobby, and you're starting to buy slings, you're seeing these pictures of these beautiful adult specimens, and you want that spider in that picture. You don't want the little brown sling that you're going to have for two, three, four, or five years until they start showing some of those colors. Not that you don't want it, but you, you want to show these off. I mean, I know... When I had just started buying up a bunch of slings, I would go into the room and I'd have a couple of, you know, I had the queen, I had a couple that I bought as sexed adults, and when I'd bring people in the room to show them off, those were the ones they were impressed with. Those were the ones that they wanted to see. They didn't want to see a little vial of dirt with this little brown speck in it. So I think that's part of it as well as the fact that when you buy a spider, you can't wait to see those adult colors. You can't wait to have this big, giant, impressive animal that you can show off to people. So I do understand that. And I do think it's an adjustment for some people. I think that's why, in some cases, people end up with so many spiders once they get into the hobby. Because you go out, you get your beginner's list, you start buying your grandma stola slings, your fonapelma slings, your brachypelma slings, and you set them all up and you feed them. And all of a sudden, you've got, you know, I don't know, three or four, five, six, ten slings that are have buried themselves and they're in pre-molt and they're not eating and then you can sit there and stare at them for a while or you can go out and buy more animals to take care of and I think that's an area where I can be kind of a devil when I encourage people when they get like one sling and they're like I don't know what to do it's stopped eating it buried itself and I'm like congratulations it's pre-molt it's probably going to molt in a few weeks or so you may want to pick up another spider in the meantime so you have something to look at so I do I get why folks 
or some folks are turned off by the slower growing ones. I think a lot of this is to get into the hobby for the long haul. It stops being an issue. I have so many spiders growing at so many given, so many different spiders, so many different growth rates, so many different species and types that I've always got something to focus my attention on if somebody buries itself and doesn't eat for a little while or, you know, allows me to not fixate on the ones that aren't seeming to grow at all. They'll grow when they grow. It's not a big deal for me. Eventually, I know some of these specimens that I've seen these beautiful pictures of as adults will show those colors off, but it can be a little off-putting for people. So that's one of the reasons why I haven't wanted to cover this topic because I don't want to do it in a way because I'm going to try to do it tongue-in-cheek so we all get a giggle out of it. And I think those of us who have experienced this will laugh because we've all been there. The other reason is for every species I'm about to mention on this list, I've had somebody come to me with proof of much faster growth. We're talking like in some cases, and I'll go through when I each individual species, when I go through it, I will discuss the outliers. Even in one case, I have an outlier where I had a species that I don't know took six years to hit two inches and theirs hit three or four inches in a year, like mind boggling. And they've showed me proof. They showed me the molts. They've shown me, I, one guy showed me the receipt for when he bought it. And then all the remo- the molts lined up. It was pretty obvious. He wasn't lying. And I believe people, it's just, it's kind of mind boggling sometimes when you're looking at a spider that's still a half an inch after three years. And they've got one that went from half an inch to three inches in the same amount of time. It, it blows your mind. So I do think that it's difficult sometimes to say this species is the slowest growing when there are those outliers. That means there's some trigger. There's something there that can maybe encourage faster growth rate. Obviously, things you have to look at when you look at growth rate. And this is always what I ask people. I will post something on a video, like a YouTube video, and I'll say, this one has grown slowly for me. And they're like, mine hit four inches in the first year, or mine matured in the first year. I have a mature male already. And the first question I usually ask, what temperatures is it kept at? What, is it kept more, uh, warm all year round? I've noticed that places that even with the arid species where it's a little more humid, sometimes you get faster growth rate. That sometimes helps inform what might have been different. What is your feeding schedule? Those are all things that can impact growth. So if somebody's keeping their tarantulas at 85 degrees all year round, I have folks in the Philippines sometimes that hit me up and they've got obviously warmer weather most of the year, a lot of humidity, and they get really good growth rates over there. Not so much over here. I'm in Connecticut where it's definitely warmer now during the summer, but the wintertime, it gets a little chillier in here. So that can impact the growth rates. Feeding schedules can obviously impact the growth rates a couple ways. One, if you're feeding them fewer times, if you're feeding, say you got a feeding schedule, I know some folks feed them once a month, some folks feed them every two weeks or so, whatever it may be. If you're feeding them less often, that can obviously mean it takes them a little while longer to molt. However, on the flip side, what I see often, more often, honestly, are the folks that feed them very aggressively, two, three times a week. And then what ends up happening for many species is you have a situation where they fill up They no longer need sustenance. They go into basically that pre-molt mode, and then they don't eat for a long, long time. I see this with a lot of the beginner species. I know with my experience with Formictopus even, that's a very fast-growing species, but if you load those guys up, you can get some ridiculously long pre-molt periods when they reach adulthood. I had a five-inch one once take two and a half years to molt. She fattened up great. I was enjoying watching her eat, fatten her up, fatten her up, fatten her up. It took forever for her to molt. And sometimes you get those situations where they stop eating for a while. You assume they're in pre-molt. Months go by. You go, you know what? I'm going to try them with a food item. You drop a food item in, all of a sudden they're eating again. You get that situation. So the feeding schedule definitely impacts it. Temperatures definitely impact it. 
So that's why people report those different growth rates. You'll get one person says they're really slow, one person says medium. One person says, mine grew really quickly. Usually we can get a general consensus around them. When we talk about Gramostola, Brachypelma, Phonopelma species in particular, those are generally slow-growing species. So that's something to keep in mind that above all, and this is the other reason it was hard making this list, is I could literally name off the majority of species in those three genera. But what I'm going to do today is I'm going to present the basically my personal list of the ones that I had. So this doesn't mean these are the slowest-growing tarantulas. I want to make that very, very clear. These are the ones that grew very, very, very slowly for me. So yours may differ. You may have a different situation. And I encourage people to chime in because sometimes when like if I come on and say this one took me, you know, six years and it's only three inches and somebody else comes on and goes, you know what? Mine went from a half an inch to four inches in half that time. That's good for people to hear because then they realize maybe they're not going to be stuck with this tarantula that grows at a glacially slow pace. They might have one that's sporting those adult colors sooner than later. People need to hear this kind of stuff. But also if you do chime in on this, obviously be up on Facebook. If you do chime in on this, please let us know what are your temperatures around the course of the year? Where where do you live? Are you in a climate where it tends to be more humid? I've noticed some folks that are in those hotter, more humid climates tend to have the faster growth rate. I don't know if it's a heat. I don't know if it's humidity, but chime in with that because that's all information to have. But again, the list coming up is not a top 10, not a top five. I don't even know if I have 10 spiders. I think I have like five spiders on it, but it's more just my personal experience, the ones in my collection that have taken forever to grow. So to kick this one off, I'm going to start with one that I'm assuming several people are going to come forward with and tell me, but mine grows very fast because that's been my experience with it. My Gramostola pulchra. I have two. Uh, the first one Billy bought me for my birthday, I believe it was 2012. And at that time, it was a well-started sling. It was probably about, I'd say, a half an inch or so, maybe three-quarters of an inch, in between a half inch, three-quarters of an inch or so. So it was fairly well-started, and I was really excited because I got a good price on it. It was I was excited because Billy was buying me a bunch of spiders for my birthday, and it was a little bit bigger, so I figured I might get faster growth rate on it. Well, I didn't. It started off growing fairly quickly. It got to the inch size fairly quickly. But then it slowed way down. It would eat and then it would go through these ridiculously long pre-molt periods. And I mean really long for a sling that size. Usually slings the pre-molt periods a couple months, few months, maybe a half a year for some of them. We're talking about over a year quite a few times with this guy. And he finally, so we got him 2012, 2019 he matured out. So we're talking seven years for him to mature out. And I still have him. He's still doing great. But that was one of the slowest growing. I remember when it had his molt and he finally started to get the dark colors, the black colors. And I was all excited. I'm like, here we go. We're going to have this big, beautiful, the black lab of tarantulas. Everybody, the black lab of tarantulas. I was so excited to have them. And I'm thinking this next molt, he's going to put on some size. Because a lot of times what happens with many of the species on this list, this is the case it takes them a long time to get to that immediate second instar stage where they're usually about a third of an inch or so to that one inch mark. Once they hit that one inch mark, I've noticed the majority of the slow growers start not only seemingly molting more frequently, but also putting on more size with each mole. So I think if you picture a little third of an inch sling or quarter inch sling, 
A lot of us will have these things where you get the hat. You know, we'll start with a quarter-inch sling. We'll make it easy. It molts. It still looks like a quarter-inch sling. It doesn't look like it put on any size whatsoever. And then molts again. It still looks like a quarter-inch sling. They go. They seemingly earlier on, they molt and they don't seem to put on any size whatsoever. I've joked about this many times with other keepers about some of the slower-growing species. Like I have my quarter-inch sling. It molted. It looks like it actually lost size. It's kind of a running joke with us. So that was definitely uh, something I've observed with most of these guys. With the Jeep Hulker, I kind of thought when it hit that one-inch mark, it would start exploding in terms of growth, and it hasn't. It was one of the few that didn't. So that one took quite a while. I also have a smaller Jeep Hulker that I got, I believe, back in 2017 as a well-started sling. It was around, I think, around three-quarters of an inch, half an inch or three-quarters of an inch or so. That one is now a whopping two and a quarter inches. So in five years' time, it's probably put on, we'll give it two inches. It's put on two inches of size in five years time. So another one that reached that again, it, it started picking up its black colors. That one went through a spot where it was growing quickly for a bit and then slowed way down to the point where it went close to two years without a mold. Two years. And I know that because before we moved out of our other house, I was waiting for it to molt. We moved over here, waiting, 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 and it just molted this summer. So uh, that's a long pre-molt period for a fairly small spider. Again, right, it went from probably about two inches to maybe maybe a little less than two inches to two and a quarter inches. Now, it's eating really well now. It just took down a full B lateralis roach the other day. I'm kind of afraid I'm going to fatten it up again. We're going to get another long torturous pre-mold period with it we'll see how it goes but two specimens I've had and both of them have taken a long time to put on the size now as I said with every single one of the spiders I'm going to mention in this list there are going to be exceptions I've had a couple people and this was the one where somebody sent me a picture with the receipt of when they bought it and within just over a year's time it went from a little half inch sling it might even be less than a half inch sling to a three and a half, four inch sub-adult, full black coloration, looked beautiful. It blew my mind. And the guy not only presented the receipt, but he had all of the molts basically laid out with the dates on them. And it was like this thing was molting like every two months. It was unbelievable. And when I asked what his, he, I will say, I believe he was in the San Diego area and he did say it's usually a little warmer in there year round, I, but still it wasn't that warm. Still can't figure that one out. And I've had other people come and say that theirs are growing like weeds. So again, grew very slowly for me. Maybe you guys have different experiences with it, but I've had, I'm two for two now with these guys growing really slowly. I, my male, as I said, I held on to him. I, I, he has a lot of sentimental value and he, my goal was to buy the other one and hopefully get a female and know that I had a girl waiting when this guy eventually passes on. But I don't think I, I don't think I'll have that because again, he's still going strong. Who knows? He may go for a quite while. I've heard that males can go 10 years or so. We'll see. He's definitely well on track for doing that. But the little one now is nowhere near the size of being an adult. So we'll have to see how that one goes. But Grandma Stole Polka, definitely one of the slower growing tarantulas I've had in my collection. Next one up is the Gramostola Polkerpes. I was going to try to just do one from each genera, but I, I have to put both of these on there because if I'm going by which spiders personally I've had slow growth for, these guys make the cut. I got my first two Gramostola Polkerpes way back. I think it was 2011. And at the time, they were the smallest slings I'd ever received. Back then, I was keeping things in the Jamie's enclosures, the AMAC boxes with the little vent. 
And when I put these slings in, my first worry was that they were so small they were going to be able to get between the little spaces in the mesh vents. That's how tiny they were. But I put them in these little enclosures. I was using at the time the B-lateralis pinheads. I was dropping them in, and they I'd catch them eating here and there. And then what happened was right around, I would say, October or so, that both of them buried themselves. And I had read about this. I'd been used to it by now. I'd had experience with other things. So I wasn't panicking by any stretch of the imagination. And basically what I'd do is I'd occasionally go in and I'd take a little water and pour it. Just, this is an arid species, but I wanted to make sure that if they were down the ground burrowing, they could get to moisture if they needed it. So I'd moisten down a quarter and waited and waited and waited and waited. And Christmas goes by and, you know, March comes by. April, they still hadn't surfaced. So I was right about the point where I was going to dig them up. It had been so many months, hadn't seen a trace of either of them. At first, I assumed they were in pre-molt. They had buried themselves for pre-molt, but it had been a long, long time. Finally, I think it was like mid-late April, both of them opened up their burrows. I was shocked. I, I literally thought I was staring at just pots of dirt with you know dead spider carcasses in them. Both of them open up, come walking out, no molts, I think. I don't even think they molted in there. They came out. I dropped in little prey items and they both ate again. It was unbelievable. It was the longest I had ever had a tarantula disappear for. And it was the longest I had had a tarantula go without eating to that point. So I drop them in, they start eating, they fatten up, and then they molt again. And like I had mentioned earlier, they didn't seem to pick up any size whatsoever. These guys took forever to reach the one inch mark. And that's when I talk about the fact that once they seem to hit one inch, the next molt after that usually brings a little of the adult coloration. And then after that, it seems like they start growing, but it took years for them to hit the one inch mark. After that, the growth rate picked up a little bit. I finally had one of them mature into a male and I sent him off for breeding. The other one is a female. And as luck would have it, once these guys were finally showing some size, I was starting to be convinced they would indeed someday grow. I placed an order from a tarantula vendor and got sent the wrong spider. I got sent another third of an inch G. Polkerpies sling. I got to keep it because it was their area. They're like, just keep it. No problem. No need sending it back. So I picked up another one. That one also grew more uh, quite slowly, although a little bit faster than the other one. She uh, is about three and a half inches now, four inches or so. so. She grew a little bit more quickly, but easily one of the slowest growing species I've ever kept. I do think with the first two that I kept those months that they took off from eating and buried themselves obviously impacted their growth rate a bit and set them a little bit behind other specimens that I was keeping. They didn't do it again the second year. After that, they stayed more visible and I could see them and they didn't bury themselves again and disappear. But there were other periods where they took some time off eating. That obviously impacted it. The third one I got did not do that. So I think she grew a little bit more quickly. But Overall, all of them were very, very slow growing. Now, like I said, with all these, I've had exceptions. I had somebody from the Philippines pick up a sling, and within, I think, three years, he had a mature male. Blew my mind because these guys grew so slow. Even my mature, the male I had took forever to grow. So I think that's down the temperature. So it shows you how I always say in the videos, temperature, higher temperatures can lead to you know higher metabolism, faster growth rates, and that shows you that that can happen. However, I've had other people that have told me they have ones that grew rather quickly. And when I asked their temperatures, they're the same or lower than mine. So it's weird. Maybe it's genetic, but I think the majority of us to get into keeping grandma stole polker peas, and I've heard from a lot of people, it's obviously one of my favorite species of tarantulas, if not my favorite. I just absolutely adore them. But I've heard from a lot of people over the years that have said the same thing, experienced the same thing I have, that it took them a long time to grow them up. But 
Once they hit that point where they're starting to show off some of those adult colors, those adult markings, the growth rate tends to speed up a bit. So who knows? If you try them out, maybe get one of the fast ones. Again, I'd love to hear different people's experiences with the different spiders mentioned today. I, I can get jealous of you if you had a very fast-growing one. I wish mine grew quickly because I have now my big girl in a big acrylic tank that just looks, I just love the way she looks in there. Beautiful yellow knees that give them, obviously, their common name, Chaco Golden Knee, and just absolutely adore this spider but man did it take a long time getting her there now the next spider on this list is going to be an odd one because i did not the one that i'm going to be talking about i did not get as a sling i purchased a sex three inch sex juvenile two and three quarters three inch sex juvenile female way back in 2012 this was because i was i had been eyeing slings eyeing slings eyeing slings and they're like they take too long to grow they take too long to grow again talking about that impatience i had and finally, somebody, I believe it was Jamie Strangles, was offering a sex female for a decent amount. It was like the Thanksgiving, what is it, the Black Friday or Cyber Monday, whatever the sale they used to have then. And I'm like, this is perfect. So I'm going to have a sex female. I'll be able to, I was dying to see this spider in its adult coloration because it was the first spider I had ever seen, first tarantula I'd ever seen as a child. I'm talking about Brachypelma hemorii. Back when I bought mine, it was considered to be the Smithy. But anyway, Bought about a three-inch sex female, was all excited. She was already showing some of her adult colors, very pre. Might have been even a little bit over three inches because I'm looking now, I've got two three-inch B. Smithies, and I think she was a little bit bigger than that, but couldn't wait to grow these up. I had heard they get to be like six, maybe seven inches or so, big beefy tees. The one I saw at the pet store when I was a kid, because I was such a little kid, in my mind, it was enormous. So really couldn't wait for her to beef up. Well, I'm still waiting for her to beef up. She has been one of the slowest growing spiders I've ever had in the time that I've had her. So it's been 10 years, just over 10 years, I believe. She has only molted three times. She just molted again a few months ago, and that was her first molt in over three years. Now, I expect that from full-grown adult Brachypelma, Fonapelma, Gramostola species. They, as adults, like the queen, she went one time eight years, I think, between molts. And then the next one was like three years. It's, it's weird. So you expect that long distance between the molts as they become adults. But this girl is still only about, I would say, four and a half inches. Maybe it's still under five inches. I think her last molt was about 4.5 inches. So still looks to be under five inches. Still a smaller spider. It's taken her for ever to put on size she doesn't even have her, her colors aren't even particularly vibrant yet she still has kind of the muted tones of a juvenile so this one has been one that has grown very 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 slowly for me for some reason I had it in my head that picking her up at that size I, I fed her pretty aggressively because my my goal was to have a big beautiful B smithy back at the time in my collection to be able to show off the people it's kind of again that hobby staple that for years many of us have been in the hobby for a while see the B smithy is like the poster spider for the hobby couldn't wait to have that adult and it's we're still working on it it's she's still kind of a small girl and by that I mean I've seen full-grown females before and they're pretty beefy usually good size she's still got kind of that those slender legs that slender lithe build that the juveniles have again absolutely adore the spider I'm looking over at her now and she's sitting right over there looking beautiful but Man, is she growing slowly. And I did have a sling bee smithy that I was growing up. Again, it took years to reach the point where it was about an inch or so. And unfortunately, that was one of the ones that I rehoused during the period that winter where I had the substrate that had something poisonous in it, whether it be 
my hypothesis is that it was probably some type of herbicide, especially reading of the effects on herbicides on spiders. And basically, I had rehoused her using some of this substrate. She ate a couple times. I thought she was in pre-molt. She was acting like she was in pre-molt, and then she was dead. So that one really stung because that I was excited to grow this species up from a sling because after a while, when I bought some females, I had this, like, I won't say buyer's remorse because I, I adore them, but there's something special about a spider you can point to, and I think people have raised slings up to adults can back me up on this. It's different from when you pick something up and it's already a young adult. You you didn't raise it per se. Like I, it always drives me nuts when people do husbandry videos and something like, yeah, I bought this one as an adult. Well, you haven't gotten it through those tough stages to get it up there. So I think in my mind, there's always something special about a spider you can point to that's an adult and go, I raised that from a baby. So I wanted that feeling with this particular species. And unfortunately, that was ripped away from me by some terrible, tainted, supposedly organic dirt like still that period still freaks me out it was a terrible terrible period and cost me dearly as far as some amazing spiders so brachypelma hemorii definitely a slower grower growing one i have two brachypelma smithies that i got but when i got them they were a little bit bigger it was a couple years ago they were right around the three quarters inch one inch i think right around one inch maybe one and a quarter inch so they were already past that one inch mark and they've been growing a lot more quickly they're both around probably two and a half three inches now and and they're growing much faster than the other ones did at this point they're probably going to run laps around my brachypelma homorii is in terms of getting to that max adult size so we'll have to see how that goes but definitely a slower growing one but again whether it be the b hemorii or the b smithy you're talking a hobby staple there one that every i think everybody should keep at some point so don't regret getting her at all absolutely adore she's just uh, taking her time getting up to that beefy adult i can't wait to see so for the next one on our list again i said i was going to try to limit it to one per genus but it's impossible i got to cover a couple of these next one on the list is the afonapelma moray i picked up one of these back and i believe it was 2017 2018 at the time it was a tiny little, it just molted. It was probably about half an inch, tiny little sling, but had some decent size on it. So I had my hopes up that this specimen would grow quickly and I'd be able to see some of those amazing adult colors that everybody's been drooling over. When this species first popped up in the hobby, it caused a huge ruckus because everybody was dying to get them. And the running joke was people were spending gobs of money on a spider that their grandkids might be able to see the adult coloration they take so long to grow. And that is held true because mine right now just hit about an inch. I still think she's a little smaller than an inch, but just hit about an inch. So we're talking five years time. This thing still looks like a sling. Now, I got excited because three molts ago, she went from being the typical little brown Afonapelma sling that you, you know, all, a lot of the Afonapelmas, Brachypelma, Grandma, so I keep saying that, even throwing Lazy Adora, they all kind of resemble each other when they're, a lot of, honestly, just New World species resemble each other when they're smaller. I'll get pictures, people will send me pictures. I bought this sling, it's supposed to be Afonapelma calcotis, but I'm not sure, and it's just your typical little brown sling, so... I, the fun part is when they start showing some colors different than that brown. And like two or three months ago, she started darkening up. I kind of, I fooled myself into thinking I was seeing some blues. There's no blues there. She is darker now. She is a darker sling overall. So at least that has changed. But she still looks like, if you were to sell this thing, you would have to say it's a sling. And it looks like small sling. So she is taking forever to grow. And again, as we mentioned previously at the beginning of this podcast, when you pick a, choose a spider, that you want to keep. You see pictures. You don't look up pictures of the slings. You look up pictures of the adult spider. So it's always about 
when are they going to get those adult colors? And these, they're taking their sweet time. I yet, I think somebody showed me a picture. When was it? About a year ago or so, of one that they had that was a juvenile that was showing some of those colors. It's going to be worth the wait. I can say that. But I constantly get people that pop onto my YouTube videos and go, "Hey, I know you have a, a Fonda Pell Memori. Could you please do an update on it?" And I'll usually say something along the lines of, "Yeah, I'll update you right now. It looks exactly the same as the last time I I did a video on it. It hasn't really changed yet." So that is one. And honestly, I giggled when I said I tried to pick, you know, only one from. A genus, a Fonapelma genus as a whole, are some of the slowest growing tarantulas across the board. I hear this from everybody. I don't get many instances of people going, hey, I had a fast growing a Fonapelma species. There are supposedly species that grow more quickly than others, but I will point out that when I did my list of the spider, the slings people had the most trouble keeping alive or had, you know, unexpected deaths with, a Fonapelmas were mentioned quite a bit. I mean, I think there was 12 different species of Fonapelma mentioned at some point by people, some of them getting three or four votes. So a lot of folks have had a difficult time with the Fonapelma. And one of the theories behind it is the fact they spend so long in that fragile sling stage. Other slings we always talk about, and I talk about on my videos when I do my care videos and husbandry, that in the sling stage, I usually feed them a little more aggressively because I'm trying to get them out of that sling stage as quickly as possible. I want to get them to the point where they develop that protective wax coating where they don't you don't have to worry about them dehydrating, being dehydrated or drying out, where they're just more hardy animals at that point. So I think a lot of us try to raise them out of that sling stage as quickly as possible. And with a, a Fonapelma species, name your species, it's a little more difficult because they spend a lot more time in that stage. So I, that is something that kind of across the board, I think, a Fonapelma. And I have a little collection of a Fonapelmas that are still just little slings. It took them forever. I believe the only one that I've kept that I've been able to raise up quickly was my Afonapelma Annex. That one would end up being a mature male, sadly, and just passed recently. But that one grew rather quickly once it got going. All the rest were very, very slow growing. And while we're in Afonapelma, I would be remiss if I didn't mention my beautiful little Afonapelma Calcotes, Nikki. Anyone that's watched my YouTube channel has seen Nikki and knows why she's called Nikki. Just obviously, I don't name any of my spiders. So if they got a name, they're one I obviously really care about. It's done something exceptional. She's just a strange little girl with a lot of personality. I picked her up in, I believe, fall of 2013. At the time, she was an inch and three quarters sexed female. I saw it was one of those impulse buys where it's like, oh, I don't have any Afonapelma species. I'll pick this one up. It was a good deal. So I picked her up. And let's just say for quite a while, she was, she took the award for being the worst eating spider I had. And by that, I mean, she was very picky. You drop in a prey at them that any other inch and three quarters spider would leap all over. She wouldn't touch. She'd act scared of it. She would go through periods where she'd eat and then she would fast for a while and then she'd eat again. And it was like really confusing to try to figure out when did Nikki want to eat? When did she not want to eat? And then she was also the spider that would every year like clockwork. And I didn't look up. I should have pulled up the video because I have the exact date, but it was within like a four day period for, I think, three or four years in a row right around the end of October, almost within to the date, like we'll say October 25th, 26th, 27th, around there, she would bury herself and disappear. And she would come out again early April. It was like April 1st, April 2nd, I believe two years in a row, she did the exact same date. So 
I have my suspicions that the young lady was probably a wild-caught specimen because a lot of times they retain some of that wild-caught behavior. And if she was in the wild where she comes from, it gets much cooler in the wintertime. She would have put her, buried herself in her burrow once winter hit, and then she would have come up in the springtime. So she did that for at least three years in a row. Unfortunately, that doesn't do much for growth rate when they're spending like half the year not eating. So she took a long time to put on size. Now, Nikki does have her adult colors now but she tops out at a whopping about three inches and she hasn't molted in close to three years now. As a matter of fact, when we moved uh, about a year and a half ago, I think, we brought her over and at that point I thought she was in pre-molt. And recently she's eaten a few more times. So she wasn't in pre-molt. She was just taking some time off. So again, that's a kind of wild caught behavior. I think back in the day when you heard a lot more about tarantulas fasting because they were wild caught specimens that were used to certain cycles of winter where they would have to, you know, disappear for a while, go down their burrows, protect themselves from the weather, and then they would come back up and eat again. So I think a lot of them brought that into collections, which drove keepers nuts. So I do think this is wild caught behavior we're seeing, but she's now a lot more visible. She's out and about. She's a spunky little girl. I absolutely adore her. And she's got this, we called her Nikki because she had this huge, big booty. Like, she would fatten up to the point where it was ridiculous how large her abdomen was, and then, of course, not eat for several months or disappear for several months. So still one of my favorites in my collection. She's still taking her sweet time growing. And I should point out with the recent, most recent Afana Pelma revision several years back, the Afana Pelma Schmitty was moved to Afana Pelma Calcotis. So she's considered to be Calcotas now. I keep the little Schmitty thing because she does, once upon a time, she was considered a different spire. So at least I know it's that variant of Calcotas. But I mention this because I do have an Afon, another Afonapelma Calcotas, who is currently a sling that I picked up back in 2018. It was a second in-star sling, so teeny tiny little sling. And that one's been showing some actually amazing growth for an Afonapelma species. This is one of the fastest Afonapelmas I've ever had. And honestly, Calcotas are usually known for being slow growers. This one is already about an inch and a half and is now showing its adult colors. So that, I mean, it seems like a long time, 2018, it's now 2022. So it's been about four years. But I'll tell you, if you compare a growth rate to Nikki, she's blowing Nikki off the boards as far as the growth rate's concerned. So that one's actually growing a lot more quickly but that one was also captive bred as opposed to Nikki being a wild caught, probably pulled out of the wild. This one was captive bred. So that could have something to do with it. But I am seeing faster growth rate with this one, much faster growth rate. She's already run laps around some of the Afonapelma species I picked up about two years before I got her. That's how quickly she's growing. So she's already an inch and a half. Some of these guys are just hitting the inch mark. So who knows? I throw her on there because she was a slow, Nikki was a slow grower chime in with that. What are you guys seeing with your Afana Pelma Calcotas? Are you seeing faster growth? Most of the people I talk to say they grow rather slowly, one of the slowest ones out there. What are you seeing with yours? Feel free to chime in. And for what's probably going to be the final spider on our list, well, I have a couple honorable mentions that we're going to talk about, but this one definitely takes the cake as being the slowest growing spider that I have ever kept. So way back in 2000, I think it was 2011, I got one as a freebie. I was really excited because I didn't have this species. I had a similar species and was really excited to pick one up. I'm talking about my Gramostola rosea. At the time I had the queen, my Gramostola 
Porteri, and I really wanted to have the Rosea because although they're technically considered to be the same species, a lot of folks talk about them being the same species, there is a different look to them. The Porteri tends to get a little larger. Rosea tends to be a little smaller, a little more flighty, has some of those reddish tones. Anyway, I was really excited to get one. So I managed to get one as a freebie, and I got it in, and it was this super tiny little sling, probably about a... Uh, Again, a third of an inch or so, maybe even a quarter inch, super, super tiny. Once again, set it up in the old Amok box enclosure, put a little piece of cork bark in there. And A, this thing was one of the funniest little terrestrials I ever had because unfortunately what happened was I used cocoa fiber. The cocoa fiber settled, which left the cork bark that I put in there glued to the side of the enclosure sticking up quite a bit, like an inch and a half above the substrate. And it used to climb and sit on the top of the cork bark. And luckily, it was a tiny sling at the time. I know we want to make sure they can't fall and hurt themselves, but slings are a little more durable when it comes to the fall damage. And she'd just kind of park up there, and I'd sometimes feed her up there. I'd sometimes take the thing out, and I'd drop a prey item in, and she'd grab the prey item, climb up, and eat it right on top of the thing. It was the cutest thing ever. But anyway, got her in 2011, third of an inch sling or so. 11 years later now, we're in 2022, so this is for people who listen to this podcast later, 11 years later, she is a whopping two and a half inches. Now, think about that for a moment. 11 years, and she's two and a half inches. It is taking her years to get to the point where she is finally showing some adult colors. This one, every once in a while, my son Roan comes up here and we talk about different spiders and he always asks about this one because it's been a running joke how slowly she's growing. It took, I want to say, it was close to four years for her to reach an inch for me. She would eat sporadically. She wouldn't necessarily, she would fast for a little bit, but then she'd eat again. She was, for a while, she was picky with larger prey items, so I always had to drop in smaller prey items. At one point, I was just pre-killing stuff and letting her scavenge feed because it just seemed easier. Then she'd go into pre-molt. It would take her forever to molt. We're talking about, I believe, as a one-inch sling, she once went close to a year and a half without molting. Just, I don't know what it is about this young lady taking forever to put on any size. So now, again, she is showing some adult colors. Beautiful little spider, spunky little thing. And one of those ones that almost needs a name now because it's when you have a spider that everybody in the house always inquires about, obviously I have a lot of spiders up here, a lot of animals. I don't even think it, my kids know half of the things I have up here as far as like what I've got species. They used to be a little more attuned to what I was bringing in at any given time, but that was because we did a lot of the rehousings and videos on the kitchen table. So they'd wander in, what are you looking at? What are you doing today? And ask questions. Now that I'm up in the tarantula room, sadly, they don't wander up here as much. So those ones that the kids all know about, those tend to be the special ones. And this is one that, again, at least Roan is always asking about. So she is still tiny. She, I just went to feed her the other day. She refused food, but she does that quite a bit. I will try her again in a month or so, see if she eats, because she's one of those ones that will eat one day and then take a couple months off and then eat again and take a couple months off. But this is why I have to wonder just how old the queen was when she passed away, because if it took this one 11 years to reach two and a half inches. And when I got the queen, she was already four years old and she was wild caught, meaning they did not have, in, in my care, this spider at least has warm weather through the entire year. Even the winter, we're talking, you know, at least high 60s, 70s. And she will eat through the winter. 
in the wild, they would probably stop eating during the wintertime. They would fast during that period and not eat. So it, you would think that it would take a wild-caught specimen even longer. So it does make me wonder just how old the queen was because we estimated probably about 10 years old when I got her. But at four, four and a half, she was around four and a half inches or so. She was almost completely full-grown at that point. She could have been 15, 20 years. Who knows? It's I'm not sure. So definitely, if I had to name the slowest growing specimen I have right now, she is holding on to the record. Granted, there's some some Fonapelma species barking up her tail for that record, but she has been by far the slowest growing spider that I have kept. So that's my list of the species that have grown slowly for me. I believe what we have there, five or six of them. Definitely ones that had a very profoundly slow level of growth as opposed to the other ones. Now, if people will, anybody notice, I do not have any old world species on the list because generally speaking, even my slowest growing old worlds grow much more quickly than some of my new world, the Fonapelmas, Gramostolas, Brachypelmas. That said, I have had a couple that were slower than I had expected. Well, one that infamous, has infamously slow growth rate, but I've noticed that some of that might be due to the way they were kept. One would be my P. muticus. I've kept P. muticus slings before. Those are notorious for being super slow growing. However, over the years, I've noticed that I think one of the issues we've had, and I've heard from several other keepers over the last five or six years who have experienced the same thing, we're told they come from super deep burrows. We put them, the slings, in like seven inches of substrate. They burrow all the way down the bottom. They seal it up, and they don't come up to eat. So I think we have an issue where it's not so much they're not eating and growing because they're slow growers. They're not eating and growing because they're not finding the food we're putting on the surface. I know that was a situation I had with mine. I also had two juveniles that I gave about nine to ten inches of substrate. Both of them did the same thing, dug all the way down the bottom, dug a, a tunnel all the way around their enclosure, closed it up, and never came up to eat even after molting. And after I took them out and put them into containers that were more shallow, so they had room to dig. They could they could burrow a bit, but they were close enough to the surface that they could sense food being up there. Both of them actually ate great and molted fairly frequently and matured out after not too long. So I would have had those on there years ago if I didn't have that situation. I do want to keep them again and experiment, see how quickly they grow up because I'm going to put them. I do want to get slings. I want to grow them up in more shallow substrate. Obviously, again, give them the room to dig, but not so much they get lost and see if I get faster growth rate. The other one that came to mind only because I caught her out the other day was, oh, I got some awesome footage of her out and about eating and then going back into her little trapdoor burrow is my heterotheli mira. I've raised a couple of those and those grew. I know they're a smaller spider overall as adults, but mine grew rather slowly. And I don't know if it's just because I don't see them all that often. And then when I do see them, I'm kind of surprised they're not bigger than they are. I've had some species like my... H gigas, for example, they burrowed. I didn't see them all that much. All of a sudden, I open up a container one day, and there's like a four-inch spider sitting on the top. Blew my mind. It like within a year's time. With the H mirror, I will catch them out, and they don't seem to put on all that much size. So maybe people have different experiences with the mirrors. Mine have been, and I'm not, I have no issue with it whatsoever. I loved my, my old one ended up being male. He took a long time to mature. It's one of the reasons I was hoping it was a female because it took him quite a few years to mature. And then he lived a while afterwards. The one I have now I'm hoping is a female, but still small. And I haven't been able to get a molt to sex, but she, again, I, she popped out the other day and I don't know, I was expecting to have to do a rehouse soon and nope, there's no rehouse needed. She's still quite small. So those would be the two old world specimens that I've had that grew a little more on the slower side, especially considering most old world species can pack on the, the size rather quickly. 
So that would be my complete list. We'll round it out with a couple of the old world species that did grow a little more slowly for me. I did have one OBT that grew. It took her a while to get the adult colors and it grew a bit more slowly than others. But I've since kept other OBTs, P. Murinus, orange color form, that are growing like weeds. So I think she was an outlier and I wouldn't necessarily put her on the list. And then once she hit, once she got her orange color, she grew like a weed too. So wouldn't put that one on the list, but that's about it for me. I know I'm probably forgetting somebody. I actually walked, usually when I do these lists, what I do is I come upstairs and I actually walk around the room, go through all my spiders, try to see who I've got, you know, if I missed anybody. So now that I've given mine, what are your slowest growing species? I'd love to hear from folks on this one. This could be something we revisit and do like a list of what other people put as their slowest growing. I do think it's going to be so all over the place that like certain species are going to get like a vote here, a vote there. But I'd love to hear. Are you, do you see the same thing I'm seeing? Do you have specimens that like ran laps around mine as far as growth rate? I'd love to hear what other people are seeing with these so I can get jealous that mine are taking so long to grow. If I had H. chilensis slings, those would probably be on this list. And I'm expecting to hear for some folks who have kept H. chilensis and from slings, because I know I've spoken to many people over the course of the years that have picked up slings and they said they are super slow growing. So if I had any, I'm sure they'd be on my list. I don't have any. So I'm sure somebody's going to mention, well, I'm surprised H. chilensis wasn't on there. Unfortunately, when I got my H. H. chilensis, excuse me, I want to make sure I get the name. They changed the name and I got taken a task for this one. H. chilensis. Several years ago, they were all adult females, and they have since passed over the course of the years. I think what happened was people, sadly, were just going out grabbing old females and selling them off. But they, I didn't have to, they molted a couple times in my care. We're talking several years apart. They were definitely old females. So I have not experienced that growth rate myself, but I have heard many people say they're super slow growing. So I'm assuming that one's going to be on the list. But what else you got? A Fonopelma, Gramosola, Brachypelma, even something that most people, I know every once in a while somebody will come to me with a spider that I'm actually shocked they're getting slow growth with. And I ask temperatures, their temperatures are good. It's just a slower growing spider. I believe the other day it was a Formictibus species. I want to say Formictibus cancerides. And at first I was like, oh, they're probably going through that long, once they hit five inches or so, they tend to go through this very long pre-molt stage. But no, they were talking about, they had bought one at about three quarters of an inch and it was taking its sweet time growing to adulthood. So I was kind of shocked with that one. But what do you got? What do you, what are some ones that you have? They're slow growing. What are some of the species you've raised that surprised you with their slow growth rate? Which ones do you have that you thought were going to be slow growing that are just blowing it off the charts in terms of growth weight? Let's have a little discussion about it. Let's hear about it. I'd really like to hear, and it could be something we revisit in a future podcast or maybe even a video where we talk about our experience as a whole. What are the slowest growing species you can keep? So that will do it for the main topic for this one. I just, as far as YouTube's concerned, because I know some people go over and they pop over if there's a particular YouTube video they hear about that would be interesting. I finally did the video featuring... Pamphibedius, I can't tell you how many times people ask me, please do something on Pamphibedius. Let me know about Pamphibedius. So we did the Pamphibedius video. I was very fortunate this summer to not only finally get footage of my Pamphibedius species, Aranya Polito, who finally, she's always in her burrow. She finally came out and stayed out and ate in front of me. So I got a lot of footage of her. She was one I had just next to nothing on as far as good images of her. But as luck would have it, I went to get footage of my P. Antonis, who had gone from being brown when she was like four to five inches to she went through a black stage. She was jet black. And then recently, well, recently, a couple of years ago, went brown again. And I was trying to get some more footage of her and I was going to try to feed her. And I dropped some praetums in. She was ignoring the praetums. At one point, she like kind of knocks one of them away. I'm like, that's weird. Well, I come back up. I drop a couple roaches in. I go, I'll check her before bedtime. She slipped over totally took me by surprise. I did not think she was in pre-molt. 
I definitely wouldn't have dropped some roaches in if she was. So I plucked the roaches out, put her carefully, put her back on the shelf, let her molt, came in the next day. And as luck would have it, she molted and changed color again. So she went back to more of a black coloration and now she has striping on her knees. These things blow me away because the adults, you never know what color you're going to get when they molt. They go brown, they go black. My Pimpabia species Duran was the other one I was having a very difficult time getting good footage of for a long time. She's another one that hides in her burrow all the time. She molted recently and picked up. She's more fuzzy than she's ever been. Most of my, my Pamphibidius species, Antonis and my Arania Polito, are both very sleek and velvety, wherein my Pamphibidius species, Durant, looks almost more like a Formictopus, where she's a little more fuzzy, and she's got like these almost pinkish hairs on her. Beautiful spiders, striking spiders. And it was cool because during the video, I could point out to people that, yes, the males are usually the ones that get the beautiful purples and blues and whatever and pinks. The females will get that for a while, but they lose it. But my Lord, do the females go some, through some awesome color changes. It's fun waiting for one of these pamphlets to molt, especially the the Pamphlobedius antinus. I measured out her molt. It's eight and a half inches, so she's probably nine now. The Duran, I believe, was around eight and a half inches, so that one's probably nine now. And I believe the Arania Polito is around the eight and a half inch mark, eight marks. So they're big, big spiders. So they're adults. Every time they molt, I never know what I'm going to get. So I'm really curious to see what the Arania Polito does next time because she's spent a while now black with the bright red hairs on her bum. We'll see if she keeps that. As for the other two, I'm not expecting molts. They just molted this summer, so I'm not expecting molts for quite some time. So anyway, did a husbandry video for those and a little different than my normal husbandry videos where I do a rehousing and talk about them as we rehouse. And this one, it was just a lot of footage I was able to get of them just kind of sitting there and being pretty so people can see what they're getting into. That will do it for this one. As always, you can find me on ThomasBigSpiders.com. I'm, as we already talked about, on YouTube. Guys, stay safe, and we'll catch you all next time.